Yes, indeed, and we are both welcoming your phone calls and text messages if you have any kind of a home improvement question. Uh, this is the hour. Morning, Andy. Morning, Denny. How are you? I'm doing quite well, and I hope you are, too. Uh, nice to, to chat with you. Thanks for uh, helping out our listeners, as usual, uh, by phone and by text. Uh, again, it's the same number if you want to call in your question or send a text. Same number, 651-989-9226. Well, outside of some showers, uh, how have the crew's been handling uh, the work this past week? You know, uh, not a bad week work. Uh, we'll, we'll take the warm weather. Uh, it's really nice for, for asphalt roofing to continue on. Uh, we're hoping we can get another month, a month and a half of, of really good weather here, maybe get into mid-November again this year with, with, with that. So, But we have, uh, I think, by looks of it, 14 different crews out doing stuff even today uh, in and out of the rain. So lots of uh, weather we've been dodging over the last couple of weeks, but do what we can when we can. What's well, the story? I know we always get questions about that. Uh, from time to time about uh, uh, metal roofing versus the asphalt. Uh, what's the ratio that you guys put up? Like, is it mostly, of course, it's asphalt, I believe. Uh, it's like eight roofs to one. Oh, that much. Um, okay. On, asphalt. Uh, yeah, asphalt to, to metal. I only have one metal crew going on a regular basis and anywhere from six to eight asphalt crews going uh, on a pretty regular basis. So we don't do nearly as much metal as we, as we do asphalt, but there are certain situations where it is a better option than uh, than the asphalt. Uh, I'm really excited. We've got a couple of different things that we're testing because uh, for, for, of last winter, for this winter, that I'm curious to see how some of the stuff uh, performs, both on the insulation side of things, uh, on some story and a half homes that we, we, we took a lot of insulation out, did a lot of spray foam, did redid some ventilation, and then we did some things where we just put like a false deck on a, on a story and a half foam, down, put three inches of foam in the metal roof over the top, hoping the metal roof is going to sheet that snow off. So I, me, my, my curiosity has me going this winter. I want to go look at both those types of fixes. I think they're both going to be, be good for the, for the ice dams, but I'm, I'm curious to see which one is going to be better. Uh, the metal roofing option actually costs a little bit less than, than the other option because you're, you're redoing the roof on both ways, but you're not having to do as much of the extensive spray foam and, and ventilation on the inside. Does uh, Andy, does Lindis uh, ever run into issues of, depending on what communities? With the metal roofing I'm talking about now. Are there places that don't allow it or certain situations? Maybe in townhomes like uh, that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, there's there's certain neighborhood covenants that yeah. sometimes uh, we, we would have to work our way through. But those seem to be more and more relaxed the the last few years and then than they were in the early 2000s. It seemed like certain neighborhoods were... One, I think manufacturers got in and gave people deals or made deals with contractors because it was like manu. At one point, it was manufacturer specified. You had to use this type of siding, this type of roofing, and uh, if you weren't going to use that, you had to go get special approval, which rarely happened. But now I think, uh, well, I know we've been getting more things approved in certain neighborhoods. Those those rules seem to be relaxed a little bit more as they should because. Our industry, the materials are constantly changing, and, and, and manufacturers might have been good in the early 2000s, aren't good now. So it uh, relaxing those rules, I think, was best for those neighborhoods. And anticipating some, some of the questions we get with metal roofing, like, can I get leaf guard gutters? Can I use leaf guard gutters with metal roofing? You know what? You get that the all only, the time, don't you? Yeah, it, it, it's the only gutter system to use 
with the metal roofing, in my opinion, because snow is going to come off it with such force. Any type of open-type gutter system, and we, we get a lot of softened fascia and gutter work out of this uh, when people have regular gutters on, on new metal roofs or a pole barn. That stuff comes off, and uh, it takes the gutter with it. And leaf guard, the way it's shaped to discourage anything but liquid water entering the trough, as snow wants to come off the roof, it's able to shed that and let it come down to the ground where it's supposed to be. I, uh, this was not a major project, but I finally, after 100 years, uh, had Tony's help and put up, got rid of the old mailbox post yeah, and put up a new one, uh, Western Red Cedar. And guess what I used to stain it? Penifin? Penifin, yes. And I only wish, <laughs> as, as Sandy said, gee, I wish it would come in quartz because I've got enough for about 10 years <laughs> of uh, <laughs> because they come in gallons, as you know. But, uh, boy, that stuff really works well. It, you know? it, it does. It, it does. And uh, I also have some leftover. And funny you should mention that uh, uh, this afternoon's project is replacing my mailbox. I think uh, – Got a little crazy with the snowplow this uh, this year, and uh, might have hit the mailbox and cracked a little bit, and then it started to lean a little bit more. And I kind of, you know, did a quick fix on my way out with whatever tools I had in the back of my truck about three weeks ago. And and the the mail lady uh, mentioned uh, the leaning mailbox to me the other day, and it, so I'm feeling a little bit of shame over my mailbox shape. So this afternoon. You know, I, I never stained the last one when I put it in there, Denny, so uh, maybe that'll uh, make it last a little bit longer. I'll, I'll grab some of that penifin out of my garage and, and do what you did. Sure, yeah, it, it works. In fact, <laughs> I can just picture the, uh, the the mail delivery person saying, she's saying it's leaning, but she put the mail in and it slides out because it's <laughs> it's facing toward the road. It uh, is, it's, you know, and uh, I, I finally, it was a, a silly mailbox. I bought it, it's got... And it's got a, the door on both sides. Oh, yeah. So when we first got it, sometimes the, you know, you get to the, if it's magazine catalog day, it would go through and hit the door on the other side. And then <laughs> we'd have to find mail floating around in the field that uh, the mailbox is next to. So I, instead of buying a new mailbox, of course, I went in with some screws and screwed the back of it shut. So that was, uh, this mailbox has been through a couple of fixes, Denny. And uh, today, hopefully, is the last one. T- time for a change. Yeah. All right. Yes, sir. How about, uh, how about decks? Uh, what, what are people, uh, are they, the crew is still coming out to, you know, like Luke Panic, uh, giving bids on uh, on decks for next year. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, we're, we're we're still we still have some openings next spring. Which uh, at this point last year we weren't weren't able to say that uh, our decking crews have really been doing a good job of keeping up this year. Very, um, the amount of time spent on job sites is is up this year for sure. But we're we're getting through getting through them a lot more. And our system and installing I think has gotten better. We're using a lot more of the AZEC material, and that just goes on a little bit faster than some of the other ones. The way that the system is with the fascia and the and the railings and everything it just uh we we've got that down pat so we are actually able to uh book up some decks for next spring and where you get to enjoy them all next year but if you're thinking about that now would be as late as i would wait if you want an install done next year so next year it's uh it's it's a good planning period although last winter we got through most of the winter where there was a lot of things we went around with footings early before the frost and we're able to get those set so we could do a lot of the decking you know and on most days we we can get away with it now polar vortex happened of course uh we weren't outside doing any type of decking or working with any type of composite material just from the, the how brittle it can get in that cold and from an expansion and contraction standpoint you you have to take into consideration if it's that cold 
there's just no way to install it when where you're not going to have issues when it warms up with expansion. It's just uh, it's just you have to hold off as much as we want to get work done. We have to take a look at the weather and, and be smart about it. A few years ago, Andy, you uh, speaking of footings, you you brought up the subject of a diamond pier type of situation. What what are the crews usually working on with the old style or, or the diamond pier? The, the diamond pier is what we prefer to use. Some soil types are, are not good for it. Or I like say, what kind? If you're, really, if you're really close to a water table oh, okay. um, or near a lake, um, you're, you could have some issues with, with the diamond pier. You know, this, this past winter, how deep the frost got. Yeah. Um, I did see a diamond pier move for the first time. Now, this was less than 100 feet from a lake. And once the frost went out, it did go back down, and and we did some, we we redid it and took some precautions. So hopefully, we don't have to deal with it again. But uh, there are certain uh, scenarios where the diamond pier just isn't a good fit. But if we can, um, we will. One, I think it's a cleaner install. I like the way it looks and how the post finishes to it better than than most. Two, it's a faster install, and and I think on most soil types and, and most situations, it's actually going to be a longer. It's going to be more stable than most of the other footings. It's, and it's easier to place. You ever look where you get to a deck and it looks like the a post is, you know, three quarters of the way on the footing, a little bit it's hanging off. It's just, oh, yeah. It's just yeah, not yeah. a good look. And, it's, and, and as the things move over time, it seems like uh, on regular footings, those happen more and more. And the diamond piers, we just haven't had any of those issues. Like I said, for as long as we've been using them, as many that we put in, having only one issue so far with it is, uh, is pretty remarkable. And communities uh, vary. I mean, it, it just your soil can vary, but, but most areas say it's fine. Yes, most areas say it's fine. And, you know, as it gets to be more commonly used, more and more building officials are willing to take a look at it and, and to try it. But in, in, in some of them are, are smart knowing knowing what the issues could be and how close you are to the water table and, and they're just saying you have to put a normal footing in. So um, it's used where we can, and, and, and honestly, I I don't have any problems with building officials right now telling me I can't use it where I want to. Where we're building officials are telling us we can't use it, we wouldn't want to use it there anyways. Oh, okay. Good. i tell you what. Uh, hang on, Andy. We're going to take a quick break here. Inviting our listeners to join in. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226 for your phone call or text messages. On the Home Improvement Show with Andy Lindis here at News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, Andy, Andy, nothing like live radio, Andy. Got to like that. I love it. Yes. 923, and it's uh, 72 in the Twin Cities. We're talking home improvement as we always do and have for years here. In the 9 o'clock hour on CCO, we have callers, we have texters. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, now is your chance. Call it in, text it in, same number, 651-989-9226. Let's grab a phone call. Uh, we'll go to Hugo. I think Jaden is there. Jaden, what's your question? Hey, Andy, good morning. Good morning. Um, I've got a cabin that we built on Pylon uh, in the 90s, and the frost, I think you guys were talking about my cabin this morning, but... Uh, fairly close to the lake and the pylons the frost is starting to get a hold of them um the last few weeks and or the last few years and uh the cabin is shifting quite a bit but we're looking to put a metal roof on uh, we're on our original asphalt shingles and i'm just curious about the movement of the cabin 
and putting a metal roof on. Well, I'd want to. How much is the cabin moving, and and I would want to attack that first, uh, unless your roof is leaking. Um, I don't think there's going to be any detriment to the actual roofing itself with, with with the actual cabin moving. Is it moving enough where it's actually putting like a crease in your asphalt shingles? Is that why you're asking? Yeah, so we've gone up and you know tarred the shingles and gotten by, and we've never had a leak, um, but it's a pretty steep. You know, it's a pretty steep A-frame roof, so the water runs off pretty quickly. So, is this like a porch overhang that's moving up, or like uh, the whole? Yeah, the whole cabin. So the cabin has a loft in the back. So the back of the cabin is heavier than the front. So the okay. front of our cabin is actually moving a lot more to the point where I'm actually going up in a couple of weeks and cutting off about ten inches of some of the front pylons because they've just moved that much in the last few years. And then are, are you guys going to try to redo the footings or no? We are. We're going to look to try to redo the footings or, you know, whether we end up putting some blocking underneath and putting another stringer underneath uh, for support where those pylons are. All right. Um, you know, I, I, I would I would maybe look at a foundation specialist uh, or somebody in there. I would at least try to do the footings. But... Putting a metal roof on a cabin is a nice way to go, but just from from the maintenance freedom that it has, and you're not up there to look at the ice dams, you're not up there as, as much to to see it on a, on a regular basis. And we do a lot of work with metal roofing uh, uh, in Lake Country just for that reason. One, and it seems to be more aesthetically uh, acceptable on Lake Country than it is in in a lot of other places. All right, thanks, Aiden. Appreciate the call. Good luck with that uh, that project. And a question we get from time to time, a text uh, that we were talking about the Diamond Pier system. Uh, please have Andy explain what that is. Okay. Well, it's a it's a concrete block shaped like a diamond. And in this concrete block, there's a series of tubes. And we'll take four-foot metal posts with a special jackhammer, and we're going to put those at all different angles, straight down and then four different ways at an angle. So it's a it's like a five-and-a-half-foot diameter bell of earth that would have to move in order for that footing to actually move. And they can install in, I don't know, under two, three minutes. So to have that all done and installed in that short amount of time is is compared to what digging in a, in a footing would be is 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 the main reason why we started looking at them and that I really do think they are a more stable system than than the actual footings just by the physics of it all yeah right yeah uh texter says how come i don't know if you can answer this how come a code requires only one railing on an interior step but requires two on deck stairs I don't know if that's um, true in all occasions. I'm not sure. It's not. I don't th- it's not true in all occasions. Um, you need a hand railing, but typically there's a wall there as well um, on an interior. That's not. That's not going to be true uh, on all areas. And on deck steps going out, you have to have a railing on on both sides, just from a, a fall standpoint. Not necessarily a hand railing, but you need need to be able to. Just like on on a deck that's I think it's over 18 inches, you have to have a railing around it. Um, as, as stairs come down, you need to have that protection on both sides. Okay. Uh, let's get a text before we take a quick bottom of the hour break. Uh, speaking of the bottom, bottom of my four-year-old double steel garage door is starting to rust. Can you suggest what I can do to stop this? What would you do if that was your house? 
Well, uh, you can maybe sand it and paint it, and then I would make sure I look at using less salt um, in the wintertime uh, on it. I'm guessing that's where it's rusting. I mean, four-year-old steel doors shouldn't start rusting. Yeah. Right. Something corrosive, uh, more corrosive than normal is happening there. That's that's pretty young door to have rust on it already. Um, you might be able to contact the manufacturer of the door. There might be some type of warranty on it. I know when my friends from Blackhawk Garage Door put in doors for us, the doors that we use through them are going to have a finished warranty that is much longer than five years. Yeah. Check that out. Worth it. Andy, hang on. We need to take a break. If you have a home improvement question, we have some text messages. And if uh, that's your method, 651-989-9226 or call us. Same number applies, 651-989-9226. And good morning. Welcome back to our home improvement show. We are here every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour. Thanks to our friends at Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S. Andy Lindus is with us. This morning, helping you out, again, by phone and by text. And as you can see, Andy, we have uh, some of both. So let's uh, let's get to them. Um, uh, well, let's get some calls in, and then we'll uh, get to the text messages. Tom in Shoreview, I think, is first up here. Tom, go ahead, please. Yeah, uh, I live in Shoreview, and I'm calling about the, the garage door problem. It, in the wintertime, our cars get all the slush on them, and then most of these garages are attached to the houses, and they melt off. And that water runs against the garage door, and that's salty water. And actually, my garage door one time froze to the floor because there was so much slush had run off. But a concrete buddy of mine uh, gave me a tip. He said, uh, find the lowest spot, get yourself a one-inch concrete bit, drill a hole all the way through the floor, put a um, piece of brass pipe down in there, pull a little of the sand out, he said, and that'll solve the problem. And I'll tell you what, that works 100%. Hmm. So you put in a little drain there. What do you think of that idea, Andy? Uh, well, I, uh, I, if I'm designing a garage, it's going to have a floor drain oh. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to start it off right. <laughs> I'm going to start it. I'm going to start it off right. But that would be a a nice little do-it-yourself fix, uh, especially if the water is pooling yeah. someplace, plump someplace in there outside of uh, installing an actual drain itself. Um, remember, we used to talk about a guy at my office who's retired now called the Wizard, Daryl Frank. And we called him the wizard because anytime we had a question that needed some some real, like a guy that's been around the block once or twice and, and has seen almost everything, if we, we couldn't figure it out, we went to the wizard. And when I was designing my garage, I had the 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 drain going uh, the, the, from, from side to side instead of the length of, of my actual garage. And he came in and said, well, it's going to be easier to slope the floor if we put it this way. And then he actually um, took the sizes of my garage doors and, and changed those there. And already that, that one change in my drain, having it the length of, of the garage, so it's really it's was much easier to slope the concrete. And any time uh, a vehicle gets in there to melt off, it, it's dry the next morning. There is no, no pooling spot. So... I'll forever be thankful on the first thing I ever built new for myself. Having that drain in the right spot was was a key. And and just like this guy said, uh, it, it can be the difference of your garage door freezing down and, and, and not freezing down. Not to mention, 
the amount of corrosive stuff that's on the roads oh, nowadays, yeah. if it's sitting on your concrete, what it, what it does to your concrete. My, I uh, just had my, my driveway finished last week and, and talking to the concrete guys were like, yeah, if you can do anything to melt your vehicles off before you get on the concrete or knock some of the junk off, if that'll really save on the longevity and, and seal it on a, on a regular basis. But that uh, if they ever see any issues with their concrete, it's from the, the, the stuff coming off vehicles from the roads that we drive on every day. Yeah. Like it's pretty caustic, yeah, for sure. It is. Uh, it is. Let's go to the phones it was, again. It Su- was pretty neat for two days watching Semstone coming in out of the driveway, though. Oh, and, I, bet, uh, I bet it was. The uh, they, those guys, they they really they really get her done. There was no sitting around. Once the Semstone truck started coming, it was there's no breaks. No, you, you just work. And, you have uh, to do it. We, and uh, they're in the same boat we are. You know, we're, we got another month and a half of really good weather where we get to work every day, and then after that, we don't get to work every day. Which reminds me, I've got to seal my driveway with a Semstone sealer. It's that time yes, of year. Indeed. Get it to is. it. You got to get I'm to it. Let mine cure another. We did a, yeah. a one coat of sealer, and another two weeks, we're going to put down another coat of sealer. Excellent. All right, let's go to River Falls. Uh, Andy knows where that is. Hi, Sue. What's your question for Andy? Hi, say back to the concrete question. Is there a way to repair the damage that may have been done to like the sidewalk or the apron from that salt? Hmm. You know, the pitting that you get? Yeah, you know, if you if you were to grind it, I know Quickcrete I think came out with a concrete repair mix this year that I've heard mixed results on. Uh you can put it down like a quarter inch thick. Um, where like a 40 pound bag, I think, I don't know, covers, it's not a lot of square feet. A skim coat covers maybe a hundred square feet with, 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 with that bag. And there's, it's a different mix than normal concrete. It's supposed to, supposed to last uh, a pretty good time and, and bring your concrete back. But I have what I'm reading and what I'm hearing is, is mixed results at best. There's options where you could put down an epoxy and you put the rocks in the epoxy over the top of it. But it really, it depends on how stable your current concrete is. If you can grind it down and get rid of all the pitting and get rid of uh, any loose concrete there, there's there's a good chance you can build it back up. But um, more often than not, when I'm seeing concrete in disrepair, it's a, it's a jackhammer, start over type thing. Yeah. Six five one. Thank you, Sue. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six for your call to Andy or your text to Andy. Same number. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Here's a text. Uh, who would be able to install a drain in your backyard to help avoid water issues in your basement? We already texter says have a sump pump, but have a small hill in our backyard. Who would you call? Uh, typically, uh, that'd be a landscaper. Um, someone that uh, is going to be able to put in drain tile. I know we work with a couple of landscape companies that, uh, as you can imagine, Denny, uh, doing as much leaf guard gutters as we do. Oh, yeah. We're, we're constantly talking about water management and how to get the water away. And uh, we actually have a, a drain tile system we'll install with pop-up systems to try to try to get it away. There's certain scenarios where... No matter what you do, you're either going to be putting the water in a spot you don't want it or into the neighbor's yard, which if you if you like your neighbors, it's the last thing you want to do. So running it underground or getting underneath a sidewalk is, is a nice option for not a lot more money to have that peace of mind knowing that you're not going to have to worry about tripping over it or icing up your sidewalk or anything like that. It's, it's kind of a nice feature, but... 
I've seen this in, in a couple of different spots. Some yards just are designed, uh, you're going to have those those where water sits, and you can just put a, a drain tile type system with a drain and have it drain to an area of your yard where it's going to naturally get away. Hmm. Or you can put it in some type of dry well. We've done that before where you know you dig like a, a six-foot pit and you put in gravel and have the water draining into there so it has some type of a, a drainage. Okay, very good. Uh, text number six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Here's one. It says, I've been hearing about domestic hardwoods for decks, particularly black locust and black walnut. What experience have you had with these decking options? I know you, you talked last week about the... Uh, uh, those special, you know, Brazilian hardwoods, mm-hmm. uh, those uh, really expensive but very hard. What, what about the, this type of uh, wood? You know, I I'm not familiar with that. Uh, to to be honest with you, not for um, decks anyway. I'd, I'd be I, not for decks. I, I'd be curious to see what the pricing is. Um, you know, a, a walnut is it's it's a heavier wood. I I don't know how it would stand up over. Over the staining, I mean, we have walnut end tables in my house uh, that my wife got, and if I if I put a cup on in there without a coaster, she goes bananas. <laughs> let alone uh, having a, a walnut deck, uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure. I'm curious. I I don't know why it wouldn't be an option, but uh, it's not something I've been asked before, or nothing I've looked into. I'm, I'll definitely uh, do that on the break. Yeah, both uh, black walnut or black and or black locust. Uh, mm-hmm. Would. Yeah, I'd be interested in hearing that, too. Uh, here's a texter that wants to know they're replacing or want to replace basement windows, uh, suggesting wood framing around the window or set in concrete. Hmm. Well, um, are they changing the size of the opening? It doesn't uh, say. You know, There's no details. If it's set into the concrete right now, we can do the same thing. But if you're looking uh, to trim it out with like an extension jam and casing and wood, we 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 can do that as well. There's no there's no drawbacks to doing that unless you're not running a dehumidification system or you really have a a a, a basement that has that musty, you know, just kind of a little bit more wet than than, than you want it to be. I guess wood could be a a problem there, but typically. When we're installing windows in a basement, we are going to trim them out and, and put in wood extension jams. So, Okay. 651-989-9226. Either the phone call or text, that number is the same to use. Uh, let's see. Well, we've got a bunch of them. Uh, we were talking about Penafin earlier. Here's a question about Penafin. We sealed a new cedar deck with it, but now it's turning black. How do we restore the deck to original color? I think I know what you're going to say. Well, um, they sealed the deck with penafin, they said? said so we sealed a new cedar deck with it. I'm not sure how long ago, if it's recent, but it says now it's turning black. I just wonder if uh, if they couldn't just use a brightener conditioner. And yeah, um, and I wonder if it's just like a surface mildew yeah. that's on there. That that's still a, a possibility, um, depending on on how much water has been sitting on there, how much shade you're getting. Maybe it is a a pressure wash thing. Although I did see a, a pressure wash job gone bad on a deck earlier this week. Uh, um, it 
you know, if you don't know what you're doing with a pressure washer, haven't tested it, you can you can do some damage to the wood where you're, you're going to end up sanding more than more than you want to. I would I would start with a brightener conditioner and a hose, put it on, follow the directions, see what comes up, scrub it down, scrub it, scrub down. it down, yeah, and then let it dry out and then reapply the the stain. The nice part about why. I like the oil-based stains like Sickens and Penafin is you can just then do it. You don't have to stand. You don't have to strip the entire deck like, like you would. The oil-based stain, you can add to it. It is going to darken the deck a little bit, but mm-hmm. once you put the brightener conditioner on, some of that stain is going to disappear. It's going to get rid of any of the mildew. should open the pores up enough where you can reapply. Now, I've seen some recent uh, do-it-yourself stuff where they put on too much, and that can lead to black spots as well. And remember, you want to get all the excess up. You got to put it down pretty thick, but then you got to rag it all up. That's right. Yeah, so get plenty of rags if you, and 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 when you're done, what store store that in a bucket of water. Yes, because we don't want any fires to get started. No, sure. spontaneous combustion yes. happening on our watch, Denny. Oh man, <laughs> not not fun. No, uh, not at all. Texas says we need to replace a wooden a wooden fence posts. That we're in the ground with cement, with concrete. Uh, what's the easiest way to remove that uh, concrete to replace it for new posts? What would you do? Well, you well, may have to do that. Yeah, um, depending on uh, on how thick the actual posts are, I have a, a post polar um, that you know you, you can tie a chain to it, and and then it's just got a, it's a lever system that that you use, and then you, it goes up and it can actually pull them out of the ground. Now if they're if they're a wider concrete, if you're if you're not talking about metal fence posts that are just put in with a little bit of concrete, then then you're going to end up doing some digging, I'm afraid, or, or even worse, you're going to have to do some some jackhammering or with a chisel to try to break up that concrete a little bit in order to get the fence post out. Uh, if you have access to a bobcat or a skid loader, I've used those before to pull out fence posts. So, have you? Um, you know, you just, again, you tie a chain around the fence post and run around the fork and tilt back and voila, it, uh, it, it makes for much less backbreaking work that way. But a fence polar, I, I think I picked mine up at Fleet Farm, uh, worked out really slick as well. Okay. Tell you what, let's uh, take a bit of a break here, Andy. We'll uh, have more uh, questions coming up here by phone and by text. If you have a home improvement question, call it in or text it in like a lot of folks, 651 989 9226. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show, presented uh, to us every Saturday at 9 o'clock hour by our friends at Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S. You want to get in touch? Easiest number, we always tell you, 1-800-LEAFGUARD. Well, Andy Lindus, let's get to it. We have callers, we have texters, so I'm going to put you back to work, if you don't mind. Uh, let's see. Uh, David is calling from uh, Montevideo, I believe. David, go ahead. Andy's listening. Hi, thank you. Uh, my daughter just bought a stucco house and apparently they had uh, previous owner had windows, older double-hung windows. David, D- David, your phone cut out there a little bit. Why don't you rephrase your question? Okay, sorry. Uh, my daughter just bought a house where the previous owner had apparently replaced windows, but they left big gaps uh, that's wide open, no insulation at all, and just covered it with a one-by-four. Wondering what's best to use. Should I use uh, fiberglass insulation and pack it in there? Use spray foam. What would be better? Like, like these gaps when you take off of the. I'm guessing our the the one by four is like an extension jam. Usually, it's like an extension jam on the inside. You remove that. Do you see like daylight to the outside? Well, we just lost a signal. 
He just dropped out. Uh, maybe you just have to generalize, I guess. Well, uh, for, for us, when, when when we insulate a window, we're going to use one-to-one expansion foam. There are some certain applications that you would use fiberglass, bad insulation, but I'd want to know more if the water infiltration part is taken care of or if these are just inserts on an old frame, which is what I'm guessing what they are. They typically... Actually, Denny, this, about 70% of the windows, replacement windows installed inside the Twin Cities are insert windows. And that's like 5% of what we do. And we only do that on certain situations where we can't do a full frame installation or some type of uh, a brick mold type insulation. Because you don't, you don't address the water and air infiltration parts of that. Um, so I'm guessing a fiberglass bat on this scenario would be fine because you're not talking about insulating the actual extension jam itself. You're just you're insulating an insert of of the window. So, but I'd like to see pictures of it uh, to give you a better answer. To be honest with you, and like you said, uh, Linda's doesn't work that much at all with the inserts because you guys kind of make it really exact, right? Custom fit. Yeah, every one of our windows is custom ordered for that exact opening. And uh, we, we do plenty of work with inserts, but it's usually replacing them with a better window. Uh, we haven't talked about painting for a while, and a texter wants to know, what do you think the cutoff outside temperature is uh, for an exterior house painting project? Should that be put on hold until next year? I know a lot of painters that still go, I'm sure you do too, uh, well into September, October. Yeah, even into November. Yeah. Uh, typically, all depends on uh, on the type of year we're having. Uh, you know, I think it's if, if you're getting into that, you know, forty five to fifty degree range, still, it's you're perfectly fine to paint outside. I know there's parts of my house that uh, you know, I redid the siding on 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 my on my garage. We're putting new siding on my garage there, and I'll be painting some of the accent pieces this fall yet. And I'm guessing that's going to be end of October, November, and I'm, I'm completely comfortable with that. Okay. Here's a text who wants to know about uh, a decking question. Working, they say, with Trex decking, how should I compensate for expansion and contraction, and do I need a special saw blade? Sounds like it's a whole do-it-yourself thing here. Yeah, you know, I would follow the manufacturer's specs. We don't do a lot with Trex. Um, we we just haven't had a lot of good luck with that product. So we use a lot of AZEC material. And every one of the manufacturers is going to have specifications that you have to do when installing it. Follow those specifications. And that way, if there is ever is a warranty claim, you're going to be better off. So the manufacturer then can't tell you that it was installed wrong. Well, we got a lot of text messages. Uh uh, put in a floating engineered hardwood floors two years ago, Texter says. First summer, the wood expanded and bowed. Mm-hmm. Installer came and trimmed. End of summer, now bowing again. You think the solution is to put in a dehumidifier in the basement, they want to know. What's, what's your opinion? Well, yeah. If it, I, It's good to do anyway, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> most basements in, in our area are better off with a dehumidification system. Now, I can't blindly say that that's the problem, but if for under $20 you can get a humidistat at any hardware store, put that in there, and if your if your humidity level is too high and all you have to do is just, just go online and, and like this time of year, I think I have mine set at 40%. So anytime it goes above 40%, my dehumidification system kicks on, and then when it's under 40%, it kicks off. Now, as it gets colder... I will actually crank that down this winter. And when it gets to be zero, I'm at 25%. 
that's as low as I want to go. I know online it says to go a little bit lower than that, but I, I don't. And one of the reasons I don't is because I have really good windows in my house that, uh, that well, most of them, most of the windows in my house are really good. As you know, it's kind of a test house. There's eight manufacturers of windows in there right now. And, uh, but I don't have frost up issues, so I don't, I don't have to bring it down too low, but I would get, uh, if, if that's an issue, I would try that and hopefully you never have to worry about it again. I think we have time for another text before you take your leave, Andy. It says here, I have an old cedar deck that I want to replace the decking with the ASIC composite decking. Can I do the work myself? Yeah. Any decking, you know, decking, when you look at it as a whole, for me, when I look back, it was... It was, you know, the do-it-yourself project, Denny. This is something that uh, friends and family got together on a weekend, did a little bit of barbecue, and, and you built a deck at a buddy's house or a brother's house or, or a relative house. I mean, this is something that uh, that we have a long history of doing doing ourselves. And any one of the materials out there, if you're a pretty handy guy, you're you're, you're capable of, of doing it yourself. And there's plenty of resources online. And if you want, go to go to a lumber yard. I think you're going to be much better off than most of the big box stores. You're going to get better materials and better options and, and usually get a little bit better help on, on how to install it and where to install it. Well, we have exactly 60 seconds to go, and we'll have more show, of course, uh, next week. What can you tell our listener, leave our listeners with as far as uh, what, what particular projects they want to get Lindis to do? Well, you know, a little bit of a cold snap we had about a week ago. It really got the phones uh, ringing for people wanting to talk insulation, windows, and just energy efficiency overall. This week, of course, with the ninth weather, that calmed down a little bit. But I, I, if you want to make sure your your house is insulated properly and you're looking at maybe upgrading some windows or a front door before the winter hits, I would act pretty soon if you want to enjoy those those yeah. savings in your energy costs yet this year. It's just not something I would hold off on and, and wait for cold weather. And that first visit are. is free anyway, right? Yeah, and that visit's yeah. free, and, and we'll give you all, of your, all the ideas to make your home uh, energy efficient that we yeah. can and lots of testing that we'll do. All right. Thanks, Andy. We'll talk next week. We'll have more show next week. If you want to get in touch again with Linda's Construction, here's that easy number, 1-800-LEAFGUARD.